I think it's important to say, number one, can I afford this? And if not right now, maybe in the future. And then number two, is this my zone of genius? And if not, if I do pass this off to someone else, what areas of opportunity is it going to open up for me to really thrive in what I love doing? This is not your average business podcast because here we are going to discuss how you hit your goals without losing yourself, your values, or your relationships along the way. We believe in the whole person versus the long-term hustle approach and demonstrating to our children what living a life full of purpose is truly about. We're here for the woman who is an aspiring entrepreneur, developing her personal brand, and staying open to the opportunities that come before her. We're here for the woman yearning to find businesses that align with her, her core being, so she can feel in alignment with her life. Come on this journey with us as we navigate this very full season and pursue a life we love. Are you feeling stuck? Are you searching for a greater purpose? Are you craving connection? Perfect. You are in the right place and we're excited to get you one step further than you are today. We have a really special guest on the podcast today. Crystal Fry is our podcast editor and the woman who keeps us in check and gets these episodes aired every single Tuesday morning. We have absolutely loved the work that you do, Crystal, and your story of just really balancing life and entrepreneurship. I just think it's going to be so motivating to so many of our listeners. So let's start with just tell us a little bit about yourself and also the reason that you got started in the work that you do. Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for having me today. I'm really honored to be here. And it's kind of a pinch me moment, to be honest. I am an avid listener to the Pursuing Her Purpose podcast. And I'll never forget, it was a few episodes back. I believe it was episode 82. And at the end of it, Abby, you say something like, just think, imagine yourself, we're interviewing you on the podcast a year from now. And so I remember listening to that episode thinking, oh my gosh, that would be so incredible to be able to be interviewed. And so here I am today being interviewed and it's actually just a few months later. So, uh, but a little bit about how I got into podcasting. So it all kind of starts with when I gave birth to our son. So my husband, Travis and I, we have a three-year-old little boy, Davis, and I actually am a former professional dancer. And so after we had our son, I was struggling with many aspects of motherhood as a first time mom does, but especially with finding a creative outlet for myself. So I was no longer dancing professionally. I was no longer dancing recreationally and I was craving a creative outlet. And so I was an avid podcast listener and I got the idea in my head, why not me? If there's other women like myself out there doing this, why can't I do it? So I started YouTubing and I started listening to podcasts about how to start your own podcast. And I got the idea to start my own podcast for creative moms. And in December of 2021, I released my own show and I hosted that show. And the name of it is called Pivot Ball Change. And that has been the name of my now podcast editing business. And I hosted it for a little over a year. I interviewed moms that were creative in some capacity of their life, whether they pursued art professionally, recreationally, or entrepreneurially even. And my goal with that was to be able to monetize it in some way. So that's where pursuing her purpose comes into the picture. I was actually a member of the second cohort of 
purposeful business, which for those of you that are listening, if you don't know, Amy, Abby, and Kat offer a course that teaches you how to start, how to continue, how to monetize an online business. And so I was a member of the second cohort of that. And that's exactly what I did. After a year of my podcast, I had booked two sponsors and I attribute that to purposeful business, definitely. And for those of you that are listening, I know that you hear these numbers of there's 10,000 downloads and you can get a sponsor. Well, to give you a little hope, my little show only had about 100 downloads per episode on a weekly basis, and I was still able to book two sponsors. So you can do it. You just have to be a little bit more creative. But after that, I was ready to make the next right decision, which I know we hear Amy talk about that a lot, right, is what's the next right decision for your business. So I wanted to monetize my business in another way. And rather than creating something new, I thought, what do I already do that I can offer to other people? And so I had been editing my own show. I enjoyed editing and I decided to release that out into the world. And I think after a week of releasing that I was offering these services, uh, you ladies that Pursuing Her Purpose reached out and said, hey, we're interested in your services. You sent me an episode to edit as kind of a trial, and I spent way too many hours editing. Well, it's also a really hard episode to edit. (laughs) (laughs) I was so nervous to submit it, but I finally just submitted it and said, what will be, will be. And shortly after that, you reached out and said, you know, we would like you to edit the Pursuing Her Purpose podcast, the Herself podcast, and the Expecting an Empowered podcast. And that's exactly what I do today. Yeah, you definitely won us over. It was just so good because when I handed off that task, I edited our show forever. And it's a really hard task to hand off when you are somebody who likes control and also likes things to be as perfect as possible. And I mean, we've been through four or five editors at this point. So handing it off to somebody who you don't even know, who hasn't been recommended by somebody else, that can be really, really tricky. It can be really challenging. But you just took the job and right from the start, from that first episode, we're like, oh my gosh, like Crystal, you're going to save me so many anxious nights, so many times waiting at 2 a.m. to make sure the episode drops, so many times of listening to the episode and listening back and being like, I hope that you took out the time that I said that really silly thing and you just, you do it all. You're just so good. Um, But I want to tap into something else because you made a really big career transition that I know a lot of people in our community, they might be thinking about or contemplating a transition right now. So what was your thought process with scaling back um, on that full-time career? To be honest, it was more from the aspect of becoming a mom. So I was working full time in corporate America. I actually went back to school and got a degree in dental hygiene. So I was cleaning people's teeth for a few years and then I still work in the dental field. I do HR now in the dental world. So when our son was born, the original plan was that I would go to part time and that way our son would be able to be in childcare part-time and then I would stay home part-time. Well, that worked out great, but what happened is after a year, my son was a terrible sleeper for the first year of his life, but then he started taking three-hour naps in the afternoons when I was home. And as I was talking about earlier, I consider myself a very creative person. I like to think about possibility. I'm a visionary. Like, what's next? I'm always ready for the next challenge. So, Even though I would be at home and our days would be full, I had these three-hour time chunks where I wanted to create. My brain was craving that creative outlet. So I scaled back to part-time originally for the sake of staying home with our son. And since then, we have made another transition where he's now in daycare full-time. 
what happened was my business, Pivotball Change, grew and took off a lot faster than I expected it to. And I was finding that I was just rushing around all the time. Those three-hour time chunks all of a sudden became like I would put him down and I would you know, sit down at my computer and I would work straight through and then that monitor would go off and I was just frustrated and my husband even recognized it in me and he was even the one that brought up the idea like, hey, we're paying for full-time childcare. Why don't we just take advantage of that? So we've utilized childcare in different capacities at different times with our son, but that's really how our original decision for me to scale back to part-time, it had to do with me becoming a mom. Mm. Well, and that whole story just resonates with so much of our audience, the the rushing from one thing to the next, the wanting to show up in both titles, the wanting something different once you become a mom, because it does, it changes, it changes more than just having a baby. It changes us as a human being. So the ability that you could use your skills and that creative outlet that you're creating to make something that would work for you and your family, I mean, that's really inspiring. But let's stay on this for a little bit, because how do you make both work? You're talking about like moving from one thing to the next. What advice would you give for people who are trying to manage both a corporate career and then also build their side hustle? Well, this is a really great question. And uh, the answer is a lot of coffee. (laughs) No, but in all cheers to that. (laughs) In all seriousness, it goes to the fact that we do have reliable, consistent, full time childcare. We couldn't do it. I couldn't do my my side business if we didn't have that full time childcare. So I work three days a week. I work Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays in my corporate job. And then I have Wednesdays and Fridays where I'm working at home. And the advice that I would give to people is if you do have a side hustle, treat it like a real job because it is a real job. And it has taken me a little bit of time to figure that out. But on the days where I am at home, and I'm working from home on my editing business, I still get up at 6 a.m. I still get ready. I, I get our son ready. I get him to daycare. I come home and by 8 a.m. I am sitting at our kitchen table because that's my office. Put it in my calendar that from 8 a.m. until 3 p.m. on Wednesdays and Fridays, I work on my business and I take it seriously and I'm trying to get into a better practice of I still, people will ask me like, oh, what do you do? And I think a lot of the audience will relate to this, that I automatically tell people that I do my HR job. And then after talking to people for a little while, I'll kind of say like, oh, and I have this podcast business that I do as well. So that's still a struggle for me. I think a lot of people have to get used to saying like, no, I am an entrepreneur. I do own my own business. So that's still something that I'm working on. Yeah. Yeah. And that that side hustle mentality side hustle energy, you're going to have to expect side hustle outcome. So until you make that mindset shift, until you make that shift in your energy of treating it like it's a real thing, you can't expect the outcomes to be anything more than just a little tiny side hustle. So it sounds like you are getting there. And I can see the confidence in week after week of working with you of just how much you've grown with us. I mean, it's been over a year now that we've been working together. And it's just been so cool to see how much more you're able to do now that you are taking yourself more seriously. I'm really interested in this next question. So as one of your clients, and I know that a lot of people listening work to support other businesses as well, what's the best thing about working so closely and intimately with other businesses? 
I love this question. So one of my favorite things is that I get to see a real vulnerable side of the clients that I work with. So I get raw audio footage. So when my clients make mistakes, I get to hear it. When their kids knock on the door in the middle of the podcast, I just think it's the cutest thing. And I absolutely love seeing that side of these people that I work with. Because oftentimes when we work with dream clients, they have a hundred thousand followers or a million followers on Instagram. And it seems like they're not real people. But I have to remind myself of that every day that these people are real people and they go through the same struggles that you and I go through. So that's one of my favorite things. The other favorite thing is that my ideal customer avatar, which you ladies talk about a lot at Pursuing Her Purpose, my ideal customer avatar is an entrepreneurial mom. All of the clients that I work with, they're all moms. So they get it. And I really, really appreciate that. They understand that kids get sick. They understand that podcast interviews get canceled. They have to be moved around. They understand that you can never wait until the last minute to do a podcast episode and know that it's successfully going to be released on time. You just can't wait until that last minute thing because things happen. So that's another thing that I really like about working so intimately with other businesses is that I get to choose who I work with and I'm working with people that understand and they get that as moms, we have so much on our plates. When it helps us as a business and you as your business, when we can just stay on the deadlines and just stay ahead of the deadlines a little bit because things do change all the time. I mean, even this winter, we went through weeks where guest interviews were being canceled and we had to look at each other and say, okay, we got to record something else. Or luckily we have this interview in queue that we can just pop up. I like hearing both sides of it because, I mean, we trust you with our life when it comes to this podcast. Okay, now what about the hardest part about working with clients? So this is a tough question, and I've never really thought about this, but I think the hardest part is that we are on such a deadline, right? Every single week, there's a deadline. There isn't room for, I'm just going to put that off until later. The hard part about that is... As I alluded to earlier, I have Wednesdays where I work on my podcast editing business. And so I have this huge time chunk where I'm working on editing. However, if I get to a point where I have the episode completely edited and let's say I need sponsored ads still or I need a title still or I'll need a link that needs to be linked in the show notes, I will reach out to the clients that I work with and say, hey, these are the things that I still need in order to upload this episode and have it ready to go by the following Monday morning, let's say, for example. So that part of it is difficult because I love me a flow state, love to get into a flow state. I love to be able to work from the beginning to the end. I'm definitely a control freak, Enneagram 3 Recovering perfectionist with same, Ab- same, yeah, you and me. That's why we work <laughs> so well together, right? <laughs> exactly. So we we get it. But I have had to learn to be able to let go of some of that control, and I have to put just as much trust in my clients that they're going to put in me. Obviously, they want their episodes released on time, so I have to trust that they're going to get me the information that I need, and they do always get that. And something that has really worked for me, an adjustment that I had to make was, I front load all of my work on Wednesday. I try to get everything done on Wednesday. And then I allow a lot of flexible time on Fridays. So whatever I don't complete on Wednesday, I always know that I have Friday to be able to complete those tasks. And it helps me be more calm and not be as anxious about those deadlines. 
Yeah, because the anxiety can get there when you're like, wait, I have Wednesdays to work. Hold on a minute. I'm working with other people. So I can have all my ducks in a row. But if someone doesn't have a title, like us this week, for instance, you can't upload that into Buzzsprout until you have that title. So it's also good just as your client to be like, okay, she does stuff on Wednesdays. And we do all of our recording on Tuesdays. So that's working well within your flow state and ours. Um, but when you can get into that flow state and understand your own flow state, it can also help all the partners that you're working with. And we're like slowly starting to realize that. So let's dive into your job as an editor for a moment, because we have a lot of people in this audience that are wanting to do their own podcasts. Um, maybe they're editing their, editing their own podcast right now. And I, I've said this a million times, but you've been a dream to work with, even though we've been through so many people that were either way higher paying, we had to pay them a lot of money. They were working on million download type of podcast, and you have hands down been the best one that we've ever worked with. So what strategies or tools, maybe programs or resources do you have in place to just make your life as an editor a little bit easier? Yeah, this is a great question. And it's one that's taken me a little while to figure out. But I would say one of the best tools that I use is using Google Drive, a shared folder. So I have a shared folder with my clients that we both have access to. And the beauty of this is that you can access a Google shared folder from anywhere. So let's say, heaven forbid, your laptop crashes. You can go to the public library down the street if you have to, and you can access those shared Google Drive folders from anywhere. So what happens is my clients, they upload their raw audio footage into this shared folder, and then I have access to it. I download it, and then I upload it into Audacity, which is another program that I use. So Audacity is an editing tool. It's a free download that can be used on PCs or Macs. Uh, Another one is GarageBand that can be used on Macs. So both Audacity and GarageBand are editing tools. And like I said, I use Audacity. It can be pretty tedious and it can take a lot of time to figure out Audacity and it can be frustrating. And I actually do have experience in Audacity. So As I mentioned, I was a former professional dancer, and with that, I was a freelance choreographer, so I traveled around the world choreographing pieces of art for different companies, and with that, I edited music in Audacity. So it has actually been interesting to see how that has directly correlated with editing audio for podcasts. So Audacity is another tool. I use that every single week for editing, and then from there, as you mentioned, Abby, earlier, Um, a hosting platform. So your hosting platform is where the final edited episodes are uploaded and then they release the episodes to things like Spotify, things like Apple Podcasts. So I recommend that your clients, your the podcast host, pay for the hosting platform. So whether that be Buzzsprout or Libsyn, I think they're around $12 a month. So it won't cost your client a lot, but I recommend that they pay for it and give you access to be able to log into the account because you have to be able to log into the account to be able to upload things and schedule the episodes for when your client wants their episodes released. But if your client has access to this, then they can go in there at any time. And this is where they see how many downloads they can get. So as part of the services that I offer, I offer my clients to be able to provide that information. If they don't want to log into that account, I can give them that information. But I just think it's best that if your client ever decides to end the show for any reason, or if they want to transfer to a different hosting platform, they have access 
to make that decision. And the podcast is ultimately in their hands when they're paying for that service. So that's that's another one that I use. I use both Buzzsprout and Libsyn as hosting platforms for my clients. Uh, and then another one that I use is Otter. So Otter is a transcription service. It's a website. And what Otter does, it's AI, artificial intelligence, which I feel like is a buzzword that we're all hearing about these days. So I upload the final edited podcast into Otter. And then after a few minutes, Otter has the whole thing completely transcribed, which is really great because it helps me write show notes, which is another service that I provide. It helps my clients because, again, I share this PDF in that shared Google Drive folder so they have access to it. They can pull direct quotes from that if they want to use on social media. They can create carousels posts on social media if they want to. They can also take bits of that transcribed version of their episode and they can use that as a caption on an Instagram post, for example. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And the SEO with having Otter AI, it has been really nice too, because anytime you have a keyword search that pops up anywhere online, it just makes more eyes be drawn to your podcast. So I know that's been really helpful. As far as the students who are our podcast students, a lot of them are com- contemplating either editing themselves or outsourcing. So do you have any prompts or recommendations if someone's on the fence of, should I do it myself or is this something I should hand off? So I think there's two questions that you really have to ask yourself with outsourcing for podcast editing. The first one being, can I afford it, right? Are you at a place in your business where you can afford to outsource this? And the second one and the more important one, I think, is asking yourself, is this my zone of genius, right? You ladies at Pursuing Her Purpose always talk about figuring out what your zone of genius is. Is this your best time spent Or do you find podcast editing to be a really tedious task that's taking you way longer than it would take someone who does have an area of expertise in this? So I think it's important to say, number one, can I afford this? And if not right now, maybe in the future. And then number two, is this my zone of genius? And if not, if I do pass this off to someone else, what areas of opportunity is it going to open up for me to really thrive in what I love doing? And that last prompt is so good. And that was the one that stopped me for so long from handing off editing of, I wasn't thinking of it. I was like, this is going to cost me you know, this much money dollars every single week. How much money could we save? How much money could we save? I wasn't thinking about how much time could I be living in abundance if I handed off this task that I was like fine at but definitely not excellent at, and it just drained the energy out of me. So those are really good prompts if you're if you're in it right now or if you're like, hey, this is something I've been doing for a while and I'm not in my zone of genius. My energy is being tanked right now. What can I do to maybe just live in a little bit more abundance? Okay, we're going to switch gears here a little bit, Crystal. Um, I know that you have been public about a hard personal stretch that you've been in right now with secondary infertility. And how does going through something as difficult as this affect how you're showing up in your business day to day? Yeah, so I have been public on my personal Instagram page about my husband and I's journey through secondary infertility. And the reason that I think it's important to be open about these things and why I've chosen to share is because 
for me, there have been women that have blazed that trail. They've been open. They've been honest. And I know how much that has made me feel connected to them and to realize that I'm not alone. I'm not the only one that's going through something like this. So in last year, in 2022, my husband and I had three miscarriages all within one year. And to be honest, the first two at this point seem like distant events. The third one was just in December. And that one, I really just, I lost it. Like the floodgates opened. There were tons of tears. There were so many emotions. I felt like I kept myself together for so long. And it was just with that third one, it felt defeating in a way where my husband and I had to have conversations of are we going to continue this or is this the end? So it felt very final. And I think that's why it was so emotional for both of us and the way that it affected my business. So I'll share this story publicly. And I know, Abby, you know this story because you were involved in it. But with my business, I got to the point where I wanted to give up. I wanted to give everything up. And I just couldn't I couldn't do it anymore. There was just too much on my plate. It was affecting me emotionally physically, spiritually, it was affecting my relationship with my husband. And I had to figure out, okay, I have to set some things down right now because I can't handle anything else. This is just, it's just too much. And I think a lot of moms that are listening, if you've ever experienced anything like this, then you can totally relate that you hit that point where it just gets, it gets to be too much. And so I thought about it for a long time of, okay, what can I put down? And I feel really lucky that I did have some things that I was able to put down. So I came to the very hard decision of putting my own podcast down. So I decided to stop hosting my own podcast. And at the time, I was honestly, I was really sad about it. It was a hard decision. But now I realized that it actually opened up more opportunities for me. Uh, I had started editing at that time for other businesses as well. So I was doing both. And uh, Abby, I had reached out to you guys and I just said, like, I can't do it. I'm done. Like, it's it's too much. And luckily, with some really encouraging words and so much support. And like I said earlier, when we were chatting with working with women that get it, like you guys understand that when you're going through something like that, like people need a break. It just gets to be too much. And so I'm really, really thankful for that. And I can honestly say that if it weren't for those encouraging words from you ladies over here at Pursuing Her Purpose, I don't know if I would be here and be where I'm at today. Oh my gosh. I'm like tearing up thinking about that because it was like, I remember getting that email and be like, oh my gosh, like what's going on with Crystal? And then seeing your stories and understanding that there's always a person behind the business. Like right away you can think like, oh my gosh, like my, our editor that we have grown to trust is no longer here. And then like reaching out to you and be like, oh my goodness, like you're going through so much right now. Like how can we help you as a human being? How can we support you as a human being? Um, and then just being able to have that shift of heart and that shift of mentality of like you are, you are, you're doing so many amazing things in your life and the ability for you to continue on some of those things was just really, really special. So I just, I remember those, those weeks forever and ever and ever. Um, I gotta, gotta compose myself here a little bit. Oh, um, so for those listeners who are in the business of supporting others, Crystal, what advice do you have for them either going forward or getting started? Because we know a lot of people aren't starting their own businesses for themselves. They're looking to help others either as a VA or an OBM. What advice do you have for them? 
don't take no as a final answer. So this is another little personal story that I'll share that directly involves pursuing her purpose. So as I mentioned, I've been an avid listener of the Herself podcast from day one. Then when you guys announced that you were doing Pursuing Her Purpose, obviously that's right up my alley. I'm all about entrepreneurship. And so I've been a fan since day one of Pursuing Her Purpose as well. And it was on one of the Pursuing Her Purpose episodes. I believe it was Kat who mentioned something about you might be looking for a new podcast editor. So I don't know if you remember this, Abby, but I was bold and I took a risk and I sent you guys a DM and I said, Hey, because at this time I was editing my own podcast and hosting my own podcast. I said, Hey, if you guys are looking for an editor, I would be interested. And Kat was so kind. She reached back out and said, we actually just signed a contract with a new editor yesterday. But if the opportunity comes up in the future, we'll definitely keep you in mind. So that was the first no. And I was definitely defeated, right? Everybody has an ego of some sort. And so my ego took a little bit of a hit, but I didn't let that stop me by any means. So a few months passed by and then Kat had announced that she was hiring a virtual assistant for her other company, The Yes and & Co. And so again, I was looking for that kind of opportunity. I had told myself and I had set a goal a while back. I had written down, I do a lot of journaling and I've written down for months and months and months that I will work for the ladies of pursuing her purpose. And I've written it down over and over and over again. And that dream has come true. So of course, any opportunity that I had to be at the same table, to have a seat at the same table as you ladies, I was going to take advantage of that opportunity. So I thought, okay, I'm going to apply for this position. And honestly, I know you've talked about this before, but I was so intimidated by Kat. I was like, oh, I'm never going to get like she's like a powerhouse, this like tech savvy, super, you know, CEO. And, uh, I got an interview with them and then we did a zoom interview with, uh, her and Jasmine, who's the other co-founder of her company, the yes and co. And then I heard back that I didn't get the position and I was so disappointed. But the key point of this story is that Kat and Jasmine took the time to email me and let me know that I had, I was one of the final two candidates uh, they really enjoyed getting to know me. They loved what I stood for. They loved my values. They were encouraging me, encouraging me to continue on my entrepreneurial journey. And they said, if future opportunities come up, we're definitely going to consider you. So even though it was a moment of defeat, again, I didn't let that hold me back. And then finally, the third time's a charm, right? This is finally where I had started offering my podcast editing services. So I had heard no twice and it took three times. And so I think if there's people out there, if you want to work with a business, don't take no as a final answer. And my story is just a prime example of that. The other thing I would encourage people to do is to get to know as much as you can about the person behind the business. So I've been a longtime follower on Instagram of Abby, Amy, and Kat's personal pages. I interact with them. I send you DMs. I've been longtime supporters of all of your businesses. I participate in your offers. And it doesn't have to be every offer. Don't feel like you have to do that. But just get to know as much as you can about these businesses that you want to work with and that you want to support. Because Abby, as you were saying earlier, I think part of the reason that this transition to me being the editor now is that 
I understand you guys. I understand the people behind the business. And I was a member of your community. I am a member of your community and I will continue to be a member of your community. Oh, those statements right there. And yes, just even seeing your name, like when you are a person who is interacting, is sending the emails, is signing up for the courses, is sending the DM, is applying, even if you don't get it. As a business owner, I'm remembering those names. It's not just like you you interview 10 people and you figure out those names. When it comes up again, you remember it. And you're like, wait, that was the, that was the woman who did a really good job on this, this, and this. It just wasn't the right time until it is the right time. So not taking no for an answer and then living in that abundant mindset. I mean, being able to write it down, like put into the world right now. Like this is a good exercise for anyone listening. Put into the world right now what you want to get out of this lifetime, what you want to get out of your business, what you want to get out of the passion that you have. Because when you can write it down and think about it, I mean, it just, it can come. It can definitely come. So do you have any ideas about expanding your business or right now, Crystal, do you feel content with where you are? Because I know that that grow versus the enjoying type of mentality, it can be a really tricky balance in entrepreneurship. I have all kinds of big dreams. As I talked about, I'm a huge dreamer, a huge visionary, and this has been one thing. I've been in this entrepreneurial world for a short time, only a year and a half, and I've learned that I have to rein myself in at times and know that small steps are still progress. So I'm actually in a very happy place right now. I do feel like I'm in a space where I can take on another client at this point. So I would love to bring on, like I said, another entrepreneurial mom, and I would love to edit for another person's podcast at this point. And then when I think down the road, I would love to be able to have a business and to be able to hire other women and provide this opportunity for other women. So something that is on my mind is being able to teach other women how to do what I do with my podcast editing services and then have so many clients that I have to hire other people to help me edit for other podcast shows. A, what a needed skill and B, what a needed model. I mean, there's so many people out there who need podcasts edited. And I mean, if they're anything like you, like sign, sign me up. So where can people find you if they want to connect with you either on your services or your infertility journey or just anything that you talked about in this podcast episode? Yeah. So I like to hang out on Instagram. My handle over there is at pivot ball change, or you can find out more about my podcast management services at my website, which is pivotballchange.com. And we'll make sure to include those in the show notes because Crystal will be writing the show notes. So <laughs> she'll make sure to add all the information that you need to connect with her. Crystal, this has been so much fun, not only getting to know you over the last several months and year, but being able to have you in our office, like a dream come true for, from both sides. And I really mean it. So thank you again for all your wisdom today. Well, thank you so much. It's been an honor. 